0: The following opinions and ideas are that of the host and or contributors of the eat this podcast and are for the purposes of general information and entertainment only and do not necessarily reflect the thoughts or ideas of the distributor.
1: to the world from inside her closet and high above the streets of Toronto this is eat this with Leanne here's your
2: host registered nutritionist Leanne Phillipson. lymphoma breast cancer endometrial cancer colon cancer stroke heart attack high cholesterol arthritis depression macular degeneration tremors Headaches and migraines are just some of the health conditions that are are in my genetic pool.
0: In your genetic... Well, we really started this episode off in a real positive note, didn't we?
2: Right? (laughs) My DNA has been tagged with these potential trajectories. The only area that isn't in there that I can see or can think back to within my family is diabetes and more dementia type disorders does this mean that i'm destined to be hit with any or all of these diseases or health issues well that's the million dollar question so how do you find out what your future is going to look like can genetic tests be like the crystal ball of science You've probably heard of like 23andMe and Ancestry.com to find out more about where you come from, where did your forefathers, what land were they from, and all of those kind of things. But what else can these tests or these types of tests tell you? I've come to learn that there are tests which can hone in on which medications, both pain meds and medications for depression, anxiety, and mental health issues suit a person best there are tests that tell you if you're drinking too much coffee or if gluten-free is right for you and so on and as we talked about in episode 41 with our first discussion about your genes I hope that the introduction to genetics and epigenetics at that point when we talked about it helped you and it also know it also helped me to understand a little bit more Really, there are so many specific ways that you can up-level your health in different ways with things like biohacking. That's something I've been looking into lately. And even before I heard about the cookie jar gene in episode 41, and not everyone absorbs vitamin D easily, I've wanted to know so much more. Since my daughter's been having some really heartbreaking mental health challenges over the past year now, knowing what medication could help her rather than going through the typical list of medications, playing the wait and see game, does it work, does it not work, I have to say is incredibly appealing. But I have questions and there may be questions that you don't know to ask because, well, this is the first time that you've heard that there are such tests out there or that you aren't aware of the impact that you can have on what's been passed down to you from generation to generation and what you've then passed down to your kids if you've got them. Today on Eat This with Leanne, we're going to talk about genetics, genes, genome, epigenetics, and the testing that you need to know about with one of our fan favorite guests, Dr. Davis Brockenshire. He's back on to help us with our deep dive. And as always, I'm sure he's going to go pretty deep. Have you ever been curious to know what your future health looked like? Well, I definitely am and have embarked on doing a whole bunch of different tests that a lot of people probably haven't even ever heard of, like full body thermography, muscle testing, auricular testing, sound therapy, and balancing testing, EAV, and yes, I have also done a genetic test. Now, there's a lot more to know about how to support your health in a more impactful way. There's a fine line between knowing what your genetic makeup predisposes you to, let's say to like heart disease or that you're maybe prone to depression. But is knowing what could be a part of your health trajectory? Is it a help or is it more hindering? That's a question that you have to decide on knowing what your mind in sort of the worry state deals with. And if you know that there's a genetic potential there, is this going to help you or is this going to be more of a worry? Hmm. well, there's breast cancer in my maternal side. And I have decided not to look into the BRCA gene, which is, uh, we'll ask Davis a little bit more about that to go into that, but it is a genetic test. There's one or two. And one of my sisters, she actually wanted to know about that because that was something that is a big concern to her. At the time, however many years ago, that she looked into, and we talked about all of this, I wasn't interested. I didn't really want to know. I didn't want to go there in that sort of crystal ball type situation. But back then, I didn't know what I know now. Would I look deeper into it after discovering that I had a breast lump? It was about six years ago. Well, I haven't done so just yet. And recently, a friend and I discussed how his ADD passed down to his sons and their ADHD, which was their newer diagnosis, was totally understandable. Is that okay? Does the head tremor that I suffer with, that I know that runs in the family, my mother's eldest sister suffered with it, that sort of Audrey Hepburn type twitch that goes on. And I've seen one of my cousins, again, on my maternal side, she has a tremble in her hands. Now, is there anything that can be done about it? If there was anyone that I would ever go to answer this question, it's my very clever colleague and friend, Dr. Davis Brockenshire, functional medicine expert and owner of Innovative Health Solutions in Plymouth, Michigan. if you haven't heard him yet, you're in for a treat. And if you've listened to episodes in the past, like what's booze doing to your body in episode 30, or when we talked all about coffee, that was in episode 53. Then we got into the protein powder powwow. That was in episode (laughs) sixty-eight, and the insanely popular Vegas Nerve Part One, episode eighty-six, and then part of Part Two in episode eighty-eight. So when I say he's a fan favorite, I'm yeah, I know what I'm talking about (laughs) because he keeps on coming on, and I keep getting people saying, "Oh my gosh, this man is brilliant." It's well above my over my head, but it's okay because I'm going to listen to it a bunch of times, and I'm going to just pass it on to other people. So prepare for some mind-blowing discussion and welcome back again, Dr. B. So let's first break down some like genes, genomics, genetics, epigenetics, like let's just just get to those terms so that everybody straight off the bat knows what we're talking about.
1: Hey, Leanne, thanks for having me back. Nothing like diving in headfirst into the shallow end (laughs) of the gene pool. (laughs) So, yeah, there's a lot going on in the uh, personal medical landscape around genetics. And I guess we can thank the cancer industry for that because they've been very adept at Seeking and finding key genes that are triggers or sources of types of cancer, but we don't want to just dive into cancer let's let's reel it on back, talk about what you mentioned genomics right in today's medical landscape personal health landscape, every human and canine, frankly, has access to their genomic map. Unlike 20 years ago, where it would take weeks to sequence your your genome, you can do that very quickly today. Uh, But to be clear, you're not sequencing your entire human genome. So when you submit a sample, which is usually saliva, uh, they're they're sequencing a key set of genes. And the most common system for doing that is 23andMe because people want to know where they came from. There's Ancestry.com, there's Nat Geo, there's all these other services that will offer a genetic sample, but they're all going to the same place. But I guess the question we want to ask is, well, why do we even want to know these things? So when you're doing a regular physical, your doctor says, well, is there any family history of gray hair or heart disease? (laughs) No gray hair. (laughs) Political ideology. And I think medicine has put way too much stock into genetics. Because what I tell everybody when we're talking about this subject is your future is not determined by your past genetically. Mm. So you may have inherited some really wild software, but you know you're the one that gets to express that software. And what you do in your day-to-day, what you eat, think, breathe, who you hang out with, all of those things really determine how those genes are going to express themselves. You know, you are not your DNA, basically. Your DNA is a piece of you, much like an app on your phone. That app only works if you turn it on or if you give it permission. Yes. So my suggestion is if you've got funky genes, disable their permissions. Yeah. If you've got great genes, enable them. Mm. So I think that's kind of where we're going to go today and talk about how you can do that uh, even if you don't know what your DNA is, the strategies are always the same. The big thing today is looking at the genes of your microbiome and mm-hmm. how they interact with your mammalian DNA. Because when, when you add up all of the human genes, we, we have about the same number of genes as a tomato.
2: That is weird. It's like 23 or 25,000 genes. Yes, yes. So right? We're
1: just not that special. But our microbiome is. And so what makes mammals unique is that interaction between the microbiome and the DNA. I thought it was our opposable thumb. That's not Yeah, you, you can't go pew, pew, pew without a thumb. So <laughs> got that.
0: It has to do with our microbiome. Interesting. Yeah. (laughs) Climbing the trees, looking for probiotics.
2: Yes. (laughs) There's BioBoost sitting at the top there. So go for it.
1: (laughs) But this is part of a new science called metabolomics. Metabolomics looks at how the metabolism plays into this piece. And so that's kind of the cutting edge stuff. I think by the end of our discussion, people will have a better idea of what they're working with right and a whole lot less fear around their future family history etc in the 45 to 54 year old age group uh like moi whoa hey alzheimer's could be coming well i know somebody that has alzheimer's in my family it must be coming my way that's not how this works. no that would be such a crutch you can change your way. Yeah.
2: I remember having a client, a client came to me and he said, my father died at this particular age and his father died at this particular age and I'm coming up to it and I don't want to die. So mm-hmm. I'm coming to see you so that I can, you know, have a positive impact. And I congratulated him on that because it's one major way of of impacting your health, of course, is through what you're what you're eating. But I think understanding a little bit more about, you know, it's easy and the marketing, of course, is tremendous around, you know, find out if you can eat gluten and what's caffeine doing to you or, you know, the more nutrigenomics around all of these kind of things, which can be helpful, but I think it just needs to be Another thing in your toolkit, as opposed to, you know, if I looked at or or checked out the BRCA gene, um, because there's breast cancer in my family, is that always going to be in the back of my mind? And what's that, as you said, what is that doing to my thoughts?
1: Well, you and I got onto this topic because we were talking about pharmacogenetics. Exactly. So uh, if we go down that road and keeping, you know, in tune with data, science, references, we know because of drug research that you can take apart your genome and see which drugs would be beneficial from a response point of view and also which drugs will be harmful. Right. And we know that about 60% of the population in North America can't take a statin. Genetically, they just don't respond to that type of, it's called an HMG-CoA reductase inhibitor. Their their DNA says, I don't think so. Right. And there's a handful of genes that cause that. So so what's exciting about pharmacogenetics, and this is where I think everyone should look into their personal health history, because if you make a list of all of the drugs that potentially could severely harm you based on your genetics, then you would be able to help your doctors make better choices. So for example, when I run mine the conclusion is the top 10 drugs they would give you if you walked into a hospital with chest pain, all of those drugs would kill me. Right. So I put that in my phone. It's like, If I'm in ER, click here, and it'll say, (laughs) do not do this. Right. But the same with chemo. You know, when they look at new chemo drugs, they have to look at genetic susceptibility. Mm -hmm. A lot of people can't take certain chemo drugs, yet many cancer centers don't even look at that. And they should, because that's kind of the first step.
2: My mother was part of a trial with her lymphoma. And I don't know what it was or what it was called. I just called it the blue leap because when it went into her her veins turned into like as if she'd drawn with a blue we were in England so I'll call it a blue biro a blue ballpoint pen all throughout and then immediately she would pee blue ink wow yeah it was pretty insane but it was you know I mean she had cancer she had lymphoma but it was the chemo that went on her death certificate that killed her that sounds really heavy but the chemo caused, um, yeah, caused issues with her heart and issues with her kidneys. And ultimately that's what took her out.
1: Well, there are um, new targeted gene therapies in cancer. And how do yeah. they do that? Well, they use genetics.
2: They do. You know, you just use that chemo that is going to work for your cancer because right. it's not the same. You know, there is still that individual side of things. So, you know, in my case, and my daughter trying different medications, it takes a long time to figure out if it works for you. And in talking to some other people while going through this situation with my daughter, it was interesting that uh, one person that I spoke to, she said, well, it really just confirmed that the drug that I was on for depression, uh, the medication that I was on was the right one. And she said, out of everything that I ever tried throughout her life history then it was the best one without a doubt it was confirming and it was nice to hear that from you know my standpoint of hmm the psychiatrist has never heard of doing this or you know it's something that's out of their realm but i think it's just something that that gives you your own power back really sort of like <laughs> hope medication well if this one didn't work then let's try this one in the meantime there's you know there's collateral
1: damage to waiting Excellent point. Collateral damage, which could be remediated is yes. you your pharmacogenetics.
2: Yeah.
1: And by the way, this isn't new. Uh, I had a conversation with a doctor, Jeff Bland, back in 2004 about uh, this concept of methylation and, and a gene called MTHFR and how you could engineer rats to be diabetic. But then if you fed them certain micronutrients, mainly B vitamins, you could reverse their genetics and reverse the diabetes, and what was interesting in that study is the rats were bred to be brown obese diabetics, and after the megadosing of the B vitamins, their coat turned white and they got lean really so it proved epigenetics in one generation, then their offspring had actually deleted that gene
2: that is incredible that's
1: okay.
2: 2004 wow right? i'm sure I, i'm sure i saw jeff bland speak back then Once too. upon
1: a time yeah i did oh my gosh um, so
2: many times when i was in talk about
1: son. melting your brain
2: oh my gosh yeah.
1: what was interesting about that conversation is he was talking about his grandkids and he finally had hope for the future to say you know the genetics are not your destiny
2: yeah
1: that through diet and lifestyle we can actually enhance ourselves and uh, when prozac was first introduced they noticed that some people just went you know, cuckoo for cocoa puffs, and they couldn't figure it out because it was doing the opposite of what you would expect. Right. And it turns out that that little MTHFR variant made people weird with Prozac. So then they learned, oh, maybe we should actually give people folic acid and B12 when we give them Prozac. Mm-hmm. And that re- reduced a lot of the side effects. So that's where we're coming from. I mean, we're talking late 90s now. Fast forward to 2021, the end of 2021. There's a lot of doctors out there that have no idea what we're talking about.
2: It's not in their toolkit at all. And how incredibly helpful would that be, especially in the realm of mental health? Yeah. Yeah. I just want to circle back to epigenetics just to explain a little bit, because we did talk about this in episode 41, but if anybody's just jumping onto this episode, then can you just run through what that is so people are super
1: clear? Yeah, let's, let's uh, start from the beginning. Right. So mom and dad got together one cold, dark, stormy night, and the, <laughs> the male com- chromosome and the female chromosome united, and magic happened, and there was a burst of light caused
0: by zinc, And poof, you existed. Pretty sure there was some whiskey involved in my case, but anyway. Absolutely. (laughs) Zinc. Yeah, (laughs) I'm sure zinc was in there too. (laughs) That was the old 94. So uh, in
1: that moment, your, your genome is assembled. The two donors created the genome. And then in utero, that genome is learning and adapting, and that's epigenetic. So if mom's under a ton of stress, or there's an event, your, the, the baby's DNA is learning when that baby is born, that's its first major out of body experience because now it's out of the body yeah. and uh, it learns in those first two weeks how to handle stress. So epigenetically outside of the gene, mm-hmm. the DNA is learning and it's turning on and off switches and it's trying to figure out how to make this work. Uh, After two weeks or so, the microbiome starts to set itself up. The microbiome then says to the DNA, I got you. And for the rest of your life, your microbiome is perceiving your environment through what you eat, smell, bathe in, all that other stuff you do in your life, in your environment. That tells the buggies in your belly to talk to the DNA and say, you know what, why don't we turn up the dimmer switch on VEGF1? And you're like, well, what, what is a VEGF1? Well, mm-hmm. VEGF1 is vascular endothelial growth factor. One is a gene. Well, if your, your belly says turn that up, that means make more blood vessels because you decided to do CrossFit. And now your muscles are like must build more blood vessels. So it's learning based on what you do in life. And that's epigenetic. However, if you were born with brilliant Olympian genes, yet yeah, you never get off the couch, they don't activate. You've got to find a way to figure out what you were born with and then how to make the best out of that. So epigenetics is really all about your susceptibility to your environment and your control markers are diet and lifestyle. If you're going to ignore all of the science around diet and lifestyle, then you literally are a slave to your DNA.
2: Okay. So if we're looking at we I mean, typically, you're talking about disease and things like that. But then what about the little quirky bits of people? Does it pass down? So like, for instance, like, I don't really like coconut. And my daughter doesn't like coconut. Is that like a genetic thing? Or is that a learned thing or an epigenetic thing?
1: Excellent point. So there are these things in our bodies called bitter receptors. They're all over. They're in every organ, including the prostate. I don't know what a prostate tastes like, but apparently it's bitter. So they're all over the body and they determine, you know, how your brain and body digest food. You may have a few quirks in the bitter receptor genetics. That puts you more at risk for, say, type two diabetes, Mm -hmm. which might be why you don't like coconut. Mm. So everybody's got these little quirks when it comes to taste and smell. Right. And to give you a good example... When I took apart my DNA and, you know, one of the first things I did when my kids were born was get a saliva sample because I want to know what they, you know, what kind of software were you born with? So when I take apart myself, there's a gene in the microbiome, specific type of bug that only comes from the Normandy region of France, so Bordeaux. That gene tells another gene in my immune system, which controls interferon, if this bug in my belly sees a particular sugar, then my immune system will be supercharged. Unfortunately, that sugar only comes from French Bordeaux wines. <laughs> Darn!
2: <laughs> Damn, I knew, I you knew wine. Lucky
1: son of
0: a gun, right?
2: <laughs> I knew wine oh. was coming into this as soon as you yeah, said. Normandy that works. As as you said, Normandy is like, yeah, he's, he's heading toward wine. I know it. With my <laughs> luck,
0: uh, with my luck, it's supercharged from Brussels sprouts, not wine <laughs> or potato skins. Yeah. <laughs>
1: but the latest research on all of this is going around polyphenols which are those compounds found in foods like blueberries raisins grapes wine green tea turmeric any bright food has polyphenols and so a lot of this particularly if you your dna comes from the mediterranean region will have gene susceptibility to those things to prevent disease, but also steer your taste buds. The new holy grail in the microbiome, right? We've all talked about probiotics before. So you got lactobacillus. It's a few
2: times, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, bifido and all these other things. But there is a, a master probiotic. It's the holy grail of probiotics. It's almost impossible to get in supplement form. And it's called acromancia. Acromancia is fed by polyphenols. You know, for the love of all that's holy, eat some blueberries. Right. Have some bilberry extract. Have some elderberry extract. Any of those things will tell that master probiotic, hey, I should probably get off the couch and like clean up the place. So if acromantia is happy, then your DNA is expressing itself fully. And who knows, you might develop a hankering for a fine French wine. <laughs>
2: I think you just always have a hankering for a fine French wine. You do this, yeah. Genetics. So, that's why. That's why you're doing the podcast in
0: your no in the wine cellar. Uh, d- d- see, it's n- it's not his fault. He can't help being be, being surrounded by all that wine. It's just in his genetics. iPhone.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Et yeah. phone home. Yeah. Um. Et.
1: Oh, no. When you do the genetic testing, right, you have an ancestry option. Sure. Mm. So you can look through the ancestry. Now, before people get freaked out, you know, the reports are not that great. What you want to look at is something called your maternal haplotype. So, this is kind of where your mom's DNA came from. If you're a guy, you also have a paternal haplotype. So, this is where your dad or your Y chromosome came from. So, Chris, you and I could trace our Y chromosomes lineage through time. And Leanne, you and I could trace our X chromosome through time. Once you know your maternal haplogroup, you just type in maternal haplogroup 1-PA24, whatever. Next thing you know, you're Egyptian or something like that. With genetic science, we know, you know, as these things keep developing over the years, new haplotypes are being found and... It's important to know nutritionally because anytime there's a new maternal haplogroup, that means the DNA made a modification so significant that it felt it needed to pass it on. Mm. So if you say we're a hunter gatherer and all of a sudden you're growing wheat and living off that, then the DNA switched a few things to allow you to Handle grains ah. better than, say, hunter gatherer.
2: Interesting because there are people when I, you know, typically say milk is probably one of the most intolerated foods, you know, in the world, because we lose the ability to digest typically the lactose, you know, after weaning. And people say, well, no, I'm fine. And there are people that will go and drink glasses of milk. And you know, not end up with the same ear infections or other symptoms that someone else might. Yeah. But yeah. There is the adaptability to that is really interesting.
1: It's a fascinating science. I've been using it for over 20 years. And one of the things I've realized is that your DNA is not trying to hurt you. It's trying to help you. Yeah. It really wants you to be the best version of whatever you can be, but you have to participate for example cancer so you brought up brca those brca-1 and brca-2 while it's a breast cancer response antigen it doesn't mean your destiny is breast cancer it just means that you have the ability to go that way so if you keep that gene silenced your ability to create breast cancer is reduced but if you you know use birth control and smoke and eat fast food and stay nutrient deficient, then you're going to activate that gene, and that makes you more susceptible. But you have control. The other one I get all the time, and it's kind of a joke in our office, is, Doc, you're not going to believe me. I don't know if you can help me. I've been diagnosed with leaky gut, and <laughs> and I've got MTHFR, so I don't think there's anything that can be done. Really? Like back up. <laughs> wow. Right, there you go. <laughs> it's just you know. No. <laughs> but yeah. that's the internet.
2: I've talked about leaky gut all the time, but yeah. swiftly followed up with, there are lots of things that you can do to heal your leaky gut. Yeah. So let's start by...
1: Polyphenols.
2: Yeah, polyphenols.
1: So there's a loop here that will take us back to mental health. So the gene... MTHFR yeah. has many versions. And people get hung up on it because that gene, the M stands for methyl. Yeah. Right. So when, when our genes turn on and off, they technically methylate. So right. let's let's picture somebody playing with the circuit breaker in the basement. Right. When you when you methylate it, oh the hot tub just died. Then you you methylate it again. Oh, it, it just turned back on. So your genes are constantly methylating and demethylating. Okay. And in your diet, things that support that are B6, 12 and folate, zinc, and Leanne, yours and my favorite, magnesium. Mm -hmm. So if you're magnesium deficient, you're also vitamin D deficient. So if that's going on, your DNA is telling a wrong story. It's not telling the story it wants to tell. So fix those deficiencies. The reason that's important is all other genetic quirks depend on methylation. So if you're a poor methylator, you'll never fully express who you can be unless you fix the nutrition. And the reason that becomes an issue is all brain chemistry has to go through that pathway. So if that gene is a little slow, it's going to take you longer to process brain chemistry. And that's an easy thing to figure out because if it takes you a while to get over something, let's say you just can't let it go. Let it go, bro. I can't yeah. let it go, man. I got to do something about it. Hold my beer. <laughs> that's poor methylation. And so the drugs then try to handle the brain chemistry. But at the end of the day, I've said this before, all roads lead to the liver. And the liver is your second most important methylation organ. And number one are the kidneys. People who are on, say, blood pressure medication or ibuprofen are also poor methylators because their kidneys are weak. When we have this discussion about MTHFR, yes, it's important, but you have total control over that through diet and lifestyle. If you overload your brain with neurotransmitters, brain chemistry, emotional distress, stress, lack of sleep, yes, you're adding more uh data to the pile that has to be dealt with you know from a technology point of view there are limits to just how much data your dna can process which is why as we age you start to see things breaking down it's because the data can't be processed quick enough so you end up with data overload and some things don't get compiled And next thing you know you get a blue screen of death and it says system error mm which is a panic attack
0: by the way. Yep. Data overload comes from the internet. Yeah. Can we just shut it off and maybe you could start it up uh, at page one, Forrest Davis. That would be great. Just whatever you want, (laughs) just start writing about something, but write the truth for crying out loud. And then we can start there and hopefully compile a better encyclopedia of knowledge. There's some
1: amazing research on uh, transgenerational epigenetics where You know, if great-grandma was exposed to a severe famine, Mm -hmm. then she passed that DNA on through grandma and mom, and now the daughters will have DNA that enables them to survive periods of uh, calorie hardship. Those are the people that do really well with intermittent fasting.
2: Interestingly, I recall... There was something about the amount of weight that you put on when you're pregnant can impact those genetics. So in my case, my mother had an OB who said, you will not put on more than 25 pounds during your pregnancy. And she did that throughout myself and my sisters. Could that mean that my genetics are more like on the lean side? So if I eat the same way that somebody else would because of my mom being so incredibly lean during pregnancy or one of those things and she was just lean her whole life anyway would that impact like i can't eat as much as most people do otherwise i will put on 20 pounds easy no problem
1: that has a lot to do with where her dna came from yeah so ancestrally if you come from a line of people that have never dealt with severe famine or hardship, but, you know, basically lived during times of plenty, Yeah. your genome is used to processing fuel efficiently. Right. When you bring in pregnancy, um, obviously, it's all about the baby. Yep. So mama's brain says, we've got to do whatever it takes to keep this baby happy. And if the DNA is used to times of plenty, then it says, yeah, we're, we're all going to be okay. We're just going to do what we got to do. We're not in conservation mode. Um, When you look at today's human, we're adapting to surplus. So now we're so used to being morbidly obese that if you want to lose that weight, you're actually going against your programming. Wow. But anything can be reset, right? And we do that all the time. Um, What we're finding out in the immediate current research is, extreme low calorie diets done in bursts of seven to 10 days with lots of polyphenols, which is where supplements come in, Yeah, you can reset that DNA.
2: Okay. So we're talking about all these genes that crop up. So just to quickly jump over to testing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, in my research, you've already mentioned the, you know, the more ancestral type Um, tests that are out there. I've come across a company um, that I'm going to, uh, you know, look into for my daughter to find the right medication. So we're not jumping through a whole bunch of hoops when you're looking to go to order a test, because that's all you do. You just order it. um, What are we looking for?
1: The first question is, why do you want to know? Right. Okay. So, What do you want to get out of it? If you're looking for Ancestry, et cetera, and you want to know some health stuff, go ahead and do 23andMe or Ancestry. If you're really looking to do a deep dive into the medical side of things, then work with a medical provider uh, because some things are not tested in right. the Ancestry batch. Either way, if you've already done a test, all you need to do is access what's called your raw data file. So if it's 23andMe, you just search raw data file, And they will send you permission to do that. And you will download your actual gene file. And then what you can do is uh, one of the research websites we use is called Genetic Genie. Like I Dream of Genie, Genetic Genie. You can search for that. It's free. It's funded by research dollars. And you can upload your raw data file. Hmm. From there, you can do a methylation panel, a detox panel. And now they have something new called a variant panel. For the layperson, you might look at it and go, "That's a lot of pretty colors and numbers," but I don't know what it means. Yeah, of course. So one of the services we offer is I can go through that file with you virtually, and we can pick apart all the nuances.
2: Amazing. Another
1: option is you can hire, and there's a variety of companies out there to do your test, and then they will generate, you know, very cool reports. But my caution there is those reports are sensationalized to get your attention. Yeah, don't make critical medical decisions based on a sensationalized report. Look at the whole picture and say, okay, what is the big picture here?
0: Right. You know, and then support yourself from there. Sensationalized how, though? What do you mean by that? What would, what would be one example of them sensationalizing the data? Um, you know, you flip to page
1: three, it says, you're
0: going to die if... Whoa.
1: You're like Whoa, you got my attention. I don't want to die. Um,
2: I, that's a pretty big claim though. I don't know that that's come up on, you know, I've, I did a test. I did the, <laughs> I was working with a company, did this whole swab thing and I was working with a company at the time, doing some writing and figuring some stuff out with them. And then it all goes into an app. Yeah. And then I just find it really frustrating because it gives me a bit of a low day on it but maybe it's just my mind it doesn't really tell me enough like i i said i need to figure out am i mthfr or what's happening with my methylation and at the time they weren't quite there yet with that algorithm to figure all of those kind of things out so i've actually included i've taken some screenshots Of my results. So if you want to kind of see what more of a sensationalized type thing, you know, really looks like, then you can head over to leannephillipson.com. And I've, I copied and pasted or took screenshots of an overview an about you and all really just very specific about the genes of my histamine intolerance.
1: So to answer your question, Chris, the, what we'll see with histamine, it'll it'll say you don't do this and you can't do that. DNA is not absolute; it's a, like a dimmer switch; it's sliding. Right. So the DAO enzyme, the DAO gene, yeah, yeah. this is double defuncto, right? And like, what does that mean? It just means it's operating at about a thirty percent efficiency it takes you about 70% longer to process histamine. Ironically, there is a kidney extract that you can take orally that supports that gene. And it's well, well studied, it's called DAO. So if you have allergies and you wanna know more about it, just search DAO supplements. There's only one and it's from kidneys.
2: Okay, so in the overview that this app says, is that it's a buildup of histamine in the body and can cause symptoms like headaches, migraines, anxiety, irritability, acid reflux, nausea. Well, I had definitely had nausea all day. Arrhythmia, don't know about that. Watery eyes, runny nose, and PMS. Headaches around the menstrual cycle or painful cramps due to histamine induced contractions in relation to hormone levels. My migraines, as far as I'm aware, are not have never really been um, hormone Uh, impacted, uh, there doesn't really seem to be any particular rhyme or reason to it as far as I'm aware. So if I'm tying my migraine to histamine, are you saying that this kidney extract is likely to help?
1: It should, because they're looking at the DAO enzyme gene. Two things people should look at. Number one is their MTHFR panel, right? There's about a dozen things that go with that. The other, and Leanne, I think this is more your story than histamine. These are the CYP genes, which is cytochrome P450. You'll see that in your report, CYP1A2, CYP whatever. Those are the liver genes. Those are the genes that determine detoxification, glutathione, inflammation. If those genes are wackadoodle, if they're red and not orange, that means... Things don't go through there quickly. And histamine, being an inflammatory neurotransmitter, uh, would set fire to that place and burn it down. Mm -hmm. So it's all about, you know, the the, the delicate balance is keeping the liver happy by not overloading it. And we know stress hormones overload it, pollution. That's why the environment is really the biggest key here. Uh, Mm -hmm. We've talked about glyphosate in the past. Yep. We now know that glyphosate's actually aerosoled, so it's in the air. If you live near a farm, you're having big exposures to this stuff. That can set you up for a headache. Maybe it was, maybe there was glyphosate in the food that would set off a migraine. Uh, my favorite trick though is if if the CYP gene is the problem, um, if you're experiencing symptoms, take you know a little over thousand milligrams of NAC and see if that clears your head.
2: That's I'm it. actually looking at another screenshot that I took yeah. that talks about caffeine metabolism.
1: There you so go. May,
2: so maybe this is why also that I am like get shaky typically with caffeine. I seem to have managed to wean myself onto caffeine, okay? <laughs> and actually, a, a coffee can help a headache, and that's really the reason why I started drinking coffee. But my CYP1A2 is, there elevate, is elevated.
1: So there's your caffeine snip. So it takes you longer to clear caffeine. So you would be more susceptible to caffeine's effects.
2: So that's Um, why I go shaky typically.
1: And black coffee would be a better friend. Like we've talked about in the coffee conversation, black coffee is full of polyphenols and it promotes bile flow. So that would actually help you as long as you don't overdo the caffeine.
2: Yeah. And I think that the, the overview and all of that just said, don't have more than two cups of coffee a day, you know, God, if I did that, I think I would, you know, (laughs) just be shaky all day. So when I'm having a coffee, then I don't actually need it. I don't crave it. Definitely having it for a particular reason. One of the areas that I did look into, because I haven't looked at this app for a really long time, but I thought, okay, well, let's just have a little surf around. So depression and Alzheimer's came up as sort of like orangey yellow. And because of the situation with my daughter, then I thought, let's see what it says. And the gene says MTHFR.
1: When we talked about that the uh, F part, folate, folate yep. Folates required to process brain chemistry. Right. So if you have a lifetime of extreme stress, drama, trauma, and you're B vitamin deficient, mm-hmm. which is why we all know stress and Bs go together, yep. then you actually start damaging brain cells and nerve cells. That's why I'm still in love with things like turmeric and ashwagandha because they can buffer that for us. So it's all about, you know, moderation and management. Um, I think if, if I were to say to a crowd, all right, here's one thing you can do to help you be the best you can be. Stop eating so much because oh, wow. the number one way we communicate with our DNA is food. That's how we download software is food. And so if you're eating really bad software you're going to have a lot of glitches and then that'll mm-hmm. de-stress the liver, so on and so forth. So
2: me taking with that understanding from my little app, me taking my methyl B12 spray every day. And I have, I've talked about this on loads of podcasts every day. I have my kid boost, uh, also called skin boost from take this, Um, by Leanne in my supplement line. And then I also have the liposome B complex and that Mm -hmm. goes into the same glass every single day.
1: Is that the chocolate one?
2: Yeah. So that chocolate- That's the the physical one. It's available on sproutright.com.
1: That's theobroma cacao, which is now being heavily researched as a polyphenol Mm -hmm. to modify and restore the microbiome. So that cocoa, that good stuff, is yep. almost on par with the good stuff from red wine. Mm. It's already in the bees.
2: Well, that's better because if I drink red wine, I'll definitely end up with a headache.
1: Right. Uh, dosage is key, so I would do ten sprays of the methyl B, and yes. at least that. half a teaspoon of the chocolatey B.
2: Okay. So if somebody wants to go and have a test, then they can pretty much do any of them that are out there. You can do a good good Google search um, out there. I'll share the ones that I've um that i've been talking about the one that's in the app that i have i don't know that i'm going to really recommend that highly because it's i find it confusing and i know a bit more about what i'm looking for and i'm also not sure that i'll be able to extract what you're talking about davis in just getting that whole list Mm -hmm. i am going to ask and if that's possible then i might share it at that point so I think to start off with, unless you've got anything else to add, this might be begging a part two at some point, but really just to kind of circle back to the beginning is what is it that you want to find out from these genes that's not going to make you sit back and think, that's it, I'm doomed for life.
1: And more importantly, what can you do about your future? Yeah. So the top two things are control the food intake. Make sure you're putting the most nutrient-dense low calorie food into your body. And the other thing as mammals is genetically, we are wired to move. Yeah, We actually have enhanced genetics for movement. And so the more you move, the better those genes express themselves and you start to turn off the genes you don't want active. So if you have a gene for Alzheimer's, which would be APOE, or mm-hmm. you
0: can turn that off with exercise.
2: And what kind of exercise? Specifically?
1: Just
0: move. Just walk. Just move. Dance. People put so much emphasis on, oh, I need a, some sort of routine or ritual, and I've got to get on the treadmill for an hour and a half, and I've got to lift weights, and I've got to do my legs. This is leg day, and this is chest day. And they put so much effort into it when, if they just got out and moved Uh, you know, they would be fine. Honest to God, they'd be fine.
2: I think there are so many people that started walking, just walking during the pandemic. You know, you realize I, without a doubt, feel so different when I take my dog for a walk and I have to go in the morning to take my dog for a walk, even though it's pitch black, but I still do it. And then I throw in some yoga if I've got enough time and it may only be 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 15 minutes. If I can do it for half an hour then I will. But the difference again, it's not profound like the with the bees, like it's just they all these little things add up and I think that's the most important thing. I would like to go for a run again, but I don't want to <laughs> I don't want to deal with, you know, the pounding on my knees and you know how how sore I know that I'm going to get. So I just keep doing what I know makes me feel good. And I got
1: one final thought. Thinking about, you know, we're talking two plus decades of doing this with people. The one thing, the smile I see on people's face, yeah, is when we go over the genetics and overlap the microbiome genetics using something called a GI map, is they finally realize that a lot of what they've experienced in life is part of their story, yet. Their genetic expression and the information now helps them find a little more purpose. Mm. Uh, For example, you know there's a gene called actinomycin or ACT2, and it's kind of the the athlete's gene. And if you have two copies of that, rocking and rolling, you're a one percenter. That's an Olympian gene. Really, there's a lot of people that I find this on. And when they when I explain that to them, they finally get the bug and they start to train and they realize, you know what? Moving is fun. Exercise is great. I love doing this. This is yeah. easy. I'm like, shut up. It's easy for you.
2: Yeah. You're one You're percenter.
1: Yeah. Or you know, they find out that they thought they were going to die of a heart attack. Yet there's no genetic evidence that that's going to be. And then they realize that the reason all their family members died of a heart attack is they smoke like chimneys. Mm -hmm. Right. So I guess at the end of the day, the best thing you can get, like all other medical information, is that hope. And uh, the biggest piece of that hope is that you're in control, that you are not your genes, but uh, you're the one that gets to choose which ones you turn on and off.
2: I think this is such a powerful tool in the midst of everything else. And also really really inspiring to kind of keep you on that. Yeah, I'm going to have blueberries every day path. And, you know, I take my magnesium every day. It's, it's, and my B vitamins and my kid boost. And it's just, it's non-negotiable. It's a part of my day as much as, you know, anything else getting up and brushing my teeth. These habits just become your default. It's a part of you know, almost a part of your DNA and the way that you're doing things every single day, rather than feeling like you're going to climb a mountain and, you know, make all these changes because that's just overwhelming for people. So I think this could be really powerful for, um, for anyone that wants to, to delve in more and understand more about yourself. And it tells a story of you and how validating is that and understanding, oh my God, like Natalie uh, talked about was the cookie jar gene. Remember that one, Chris? Oh, yeah. Where, you know, I can have chocolate in the house and not need to eat it for a week, two, three, four, whatever. And there are other people like if
0: it's here, it's in my body.
1: Now I'm craving an apple fritter.
0: (laughs) 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 See, that's why you and I are friends, Davis, because of all the donuts out there. (laughs) You went straight for the apple fritter and that's what I would have chosen. Let's do it. <laughs> I am guilty. Okay. I am guilty of getting a hot, fresh apple fritter and then and then literally consuming it before getting out of the parking lot and turning around and going back through the drive-thru knowing that they've got hot apple fritters inside. I would. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's, that's one of those rare moments in life. As
2: always, a completely mind-blowing thing. I'm going to need to listen to this over and over again, but for anyone who you know, really just wants to start with something. Listen to what Davis said about MTHFR. I think that's super impactful and still is a, you know, something to wrap your head around, but really just everything that you say, Davis, is just, you bring such... Uh, tremendous information that comes from the you know million years of been doing this and research and just your I don't know what what gene your brain has to hold on to all of this but thank God that you have it. You just
0: <laughs> called him old. Yeah. Did I? You said he's like a million years old. Yeah. It's, it's, no, it's that's not. Quite what I mean. You look ancient, phenomenal, Davis. Ancient him wisdom
2: him. of <laughs> ancient wisdom of twenty years. Yeah, that's you right. know what. Because there are, like you and other colleagues that we have, where you guys, and women, I'm not just saying guys, guys, males, you just hold on to this information in such a tremendous way, where... It just, you know, whether it's the photographic memory or something, there's something in there. I think there are a lot of people out there that would really like that gene, too.
1: Well, there is a gene for that. We'll talk about it another time. (laughs) Okay, awesome.
2: (laughs) Let's flip that switch on, please.
1: All right.
2: (laughs) Thanks so much, Davis.
1: Hey, Thanks for having me, guys. We'll chat with you later.
2: Any information and details expressed during this podcast can be found at SproutRight.com or Phillipson.com. All right. Well, after all of that, I'm definitely going to do that test for my daughter. It is on order so that we have some information for now and also later in life. Chris, did you think about doing genetic testing when your kids were born?
0: No, no, gosh, no. Yeah. I
2: didn't either. No,
0: it wasn't on the radar at the time.
2: No, not at all. But now I'm thinking of of doing that because, again, it's just it's another another piece of information, another piece of the pie in terms of understanding yourself. And I think also just, you know, just what's going on. And then also you can bring in what Dr. B talked about with the epigenetics and and understanding, like for myself, taking that B complex every single day makes a big difference for my daughter. Taking the magnesium every day makes a big difference. And then, yeah, just like I said, it just becomes part of the day. And I think that that's a really powerful thing to take on for yourself. You don't really have to justify it to anyone else. You just say, oh yeah, I feel better when I take it. So I'm going to
0: I think the most important thing I took away from that entire conversation was that I am not a slave or a prisoner to my gene pool. Yeah. And, and so many people use it as a as a something to lean on a crutch sort of thing. And they're like, yeah, well, you know, what can I do? It's it's in my genes." Well, it's yeah. according to Dr. B. That's not true. You can decide if you want to get out of the pool, hop on a bike and head in another direction. You go ahead and do that. It's so important. And My kids are extremely happy to know that the short gene that that dad possesses. <laughs>
1: Yes,
0: it's possible to turn that gene off. (laughs) Right. Yeah, and reach and reach for higher shelves. (laughs)
1: Yes,
2: my kids have done the same thing. I'm five foot four, and they tower above me now. Right? Like, (laughs) these things are not. You know, this is not a life sentence is right. really, you know, because that list, as you said, off the top that I, you know, that I reamed off. It's like, where is she going with this? Yeah. That's a, a really long, depressing list. Like, what <laughs> the hell? And what are you go, you know, what are you going to do about it? And, yep. you know, in life, there's so much that we don't have control over, but this is definitely one. Why we do what we do, Chris, or why I do what I do and bringing this and we collaborate and really is to impart the most influential, impactful, inspiring information, because once you know better, you can do better. And I really think that that's like an awesome bumper sticker (laughs) because it's just, you know, you can sit there on the couch and know that you could be on a bicycle going to do something. But at least you're making an informed decision and you're making a choice and you're going to say, nope, tomorrow I'm going to get up and I'm going to do something different. And that's so important. So my hope for you in this episode is that what Dr. B shared with us today will help all of us do better, no matter where you're starting from. I wish I had some sort of like affiliate code so that you can get go and get some genetic testing with everything that Dr. B shared, but I don't. So I'm not going to really suggest anyone in particular. I think as Dr. B said, just making sure that you can get that long list. I'm going to put in the show notes on LeannePhilipson.com how you can get in touch with Dr. B He let us know that it's about a 20 minute conversation online and then he can give you all of that information. And me having experienced the app version of something, it does not give me absolutely just not enough information. It gives me sort of like that generalized overview. And I really want to know if I'm going to look into this genetic stuff, I want to know that the B vitamins that I'm taking. Yes, I nailed it. I've got the right ones and this is why. So remember, if you want to check out my results and the screenshots that I did, you'll see those app pages also on LeannePhilipson.com. So really, you're going to find everything over there. And while I had my test done as sort of in part of working with a particular company, I have not used it much just because I didn't really find that I liked the interface and also the information was just too general for me. Um, I think always is having someone look over it, it has so much more value and really honing in on what it is that you need to do well you know i always have so many more questions it was what drives a lot of these these podcasts because i want to find out answers and then i want to pass it on to you If you've enjoyed today's episode, let us and everyone else know by giving Eat This with Leanne a five-star rating and share it, share it, share it. You never know the impact of something that I say, Chris says, Davis says, anybody says that's, that's a guest that really is just going to help shift them out of a place that they happen to be. I post the promo on all of Sprout Right and Leanne Phillips' social handles. So if you're not following me over there, you can just head over there, grab them and share them with all your friends and all your followers so that they know what's going on. The amount of emails that I've had lately saying a massive thank you just to all my loyal listeners and the things that they've learned from listening. Like I can just feel how excited they are that they're learning something thing in a way that's working for them. And it's so heartwarming to get those messages. So thank you so much. We always love hearing your feedback and your thoughts. Even if it's something like someone said last week, Chris, I think it was last week when we were looking into everything to do with the labels. Mm -hmm. Someone said, why isn't the government doing things about all of these ingredients and taking them off the shelves because they're just so terrible? I said, that's a whole other podcast episode and just an, just an area of the topic that we were talking about that we just didn't choose to go down that rabbit hole at that time. But certainly... I understood that that was an important aspect that she felt was missing from it. And I'm grateful. I'm grateful to know that because maybe that's something that I'll make sure that I include in in further episodes. So go forth, know and learn so much more about yourself. And if you need help, reach out. And in the meantime, of course, please remember to eat this one mouthful at a time.